AFR On Demand is brought to you by Breck Golf. Try Beaver Creek today, just 20 minutes from downtown Baton Rouge in the Zachary area. They've got a PGA Tour driving range, a short game practice area, 30 to 40-yard practice shots. It's a great place to chip and putt and practice if you don't have time for a full round. Book your tee time today, golf.breck.org, golf.breck.org. Online today. Matt Moscona. I'm very important. After further review. Say one more time. After further review with Matt Moscona. And here we go. Live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studios. Off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. It's AFR. I'm Matt. This is Jack O'Neill, and I hate Matt. Paul O'Neill. Chanting Paul O'Neill's name. Muso. And Mr. Toby Tom Blake. We're here. Glad you are as well. Five o'clock quitting time. Glad you're driving home with us. Get out there and make it a good one. Uh, Tim Brando in about 13 minutes from right now. Excited to have Timmy be on. Want to talk to him about Nick Saban going to college game day. Tim Brando was the first ever host of college game day back in 1988. Uh, So want his thoughts on that. Also want Timmy B's thoughts on this Sankey, Petiti, Big Ten, SEC alliance. What's all going on there? We'll talk about all that stuff with uh, with Timmy B here in about uh, 13 minutes from right now. I have been accused of being anti-Derek Carr. That might muse, Polly. That might catch you off guard a little. Couldn't be you. You? Yes. What? Hard to believe, I know. Huh. A lot of people look at me and they say, man, all you ever do is criticize the guy. You gave him a lovable nickname. I mean, you love Derek Carr. No, I don't. Oh. Uh, but I don't hate Derek Carr. As I've said many times, seems like a great person. I just firmly believe Derek Carr will never win anything of significance with the New Orleans Saints. But I'm going to do something here that I don't always do. I'm going to give you some positive spin from Derek Carr to show you the other side of the coin. You know what? You know what they say? There's two sides to every coin. Did you know that? that yeah, I knew that. There are. There are two sides to every coin. And I'm going to show you the other side right now. That's what we're going to do. Remember a few days ago, Derek Carr went on that two G's in a pod show and uh, clapped back at Michael Thomas. Remember Thomas went on Twitter and criticized Derek Carr, and then Derek Carr went on this podcast and talked about Michael Thomas for two and a half minutes, and I said, implored him, say less, and instead he did this. I was like, you just just called me, bro. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. to say this, to say all these things, like, I felt like it was like we're doing, like, some middle school thing, man. Just talk to me. And Mike was great about talking to me. Again, by you going on this podcast and talking for two and a half minutes, you're doing the same middle, middle school thing you're accusing him of doing. Just talk to him. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there again, Muse. Positive. A lot of you say all you ever do is criticize Derek Carr. Well, on that podcast, yes, the comments about Michael Thomas were the things that got the most attention, but they talked about a lot of stuff there, including uh, Derek Carr 
his feelings on the 2023 season as a whole, which ended a very positive note. It's hard for people to understand, you know, what's happening when you're not on the inside every day. And I get that. I've never been someone that is going to even tell you even close what's going on the inside. I'm going to give you a lot of words, you know, but I'm, you're going to get nothing. You know, we're dealing with injuries. We're dealing with getting on the same page. Like, you know, everyone runs an in cut different. Everyone breaks mm-hmm. their routes off. You know, it's supposed to be 14. Some guys go 16. All that stuff is different. And they're getting they're getting to know me. I'm getting to know them. And so for the first half of the year, we are battling. We are fighting tooth and nail to get closer, understand each other, all these things. And then the last half of the year, there was one point that last half of the year where we were the number one offense in the red zone. We were a top five offense in general. You know, we ended up winning four out of the last five, but it, it wasn't enough. You know, we earned nine and eight, but I was really proud of the way we ended as a team. Give you a lot of words. Not going to give you nothing. Although he does certainly speak. You know what? Nope. Not Muse. N- Reel me in. Don't go there. Come on. Not. Come on. But to his point, you won four of your last five, which they did. Happened. One of the best red zone offenses in the NFL. They got better. Right? Is that what you want to see? That's exactly. You want improvement. Yeah, you want improvement. Long season. Never mind the fact that your wins were against uh, Tommy Cutlets. Yeah. Yeah, but to uh, win. The Panthers, the worst team in the league. Hard to win in the NFL. The Falcons, who didn't make the playoffs and were really bad and were volleying back and forth with quarterbacks. Might have fired now the they coach. Did. Hey, they beat Tampa. They did beat Tampa. Playoff team. It won a playoff game. On the road. Yeah. Beat them. Boy, Derek Carr. Now, they did go out to L.A. The loss was they just got pistol whipped by the Rams. It was a Thursday night, though, wasn't it? Short week, man. Short Stuff. week on the road. Yeah, short week on the road. Cross country. Hey, look. Even said, hey, look. You built the way you did, and everybody's real. Think, 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 listen to how positive they are about what's to come. Everyone in our building is really excited on how we ended. Now, the overall scheme of things, not good enough. We know that. But now we know the formula. We know what it takes, you know, the sacrifice it takes daily you know, not only on the field, but that time spent together, you know, that extra work, that, you know, teaching guys how to watch that film, teaching guys, you know, there's there's things to bring guys along and help our team be better that, you know, that that our, our coaches and Mickey, everybody pointed out. Um, so we're in a place of inside our building, man, we are super excited. Now they know, Muse. It took him 10 years as a starting quarterback, but now he knows. It, he what knows it takes To watch the extra film, that in that in cut, he knows, he knows now. They won four of their last five. They did. Albeit three of the four were against totally garbage teams. You played a quarterback who was nicknamed after a piece of cutlet. Piece of chicken. Cutlet, yeah. Yeah. Cutlet. But now they know. Now they know. And they got a new offensive coordinator. And you know what? Derek Carr even talked about that process. You know, DA asked me for... You know, I answered a whole bunch of questions about mm. a lot of different people. Uh, you know, I've you know given input here and there, and then you know that's just information DA to have as he makes the ultimate decision with Mickey. I mean, this is collaboration. They're going to hire an OC. Now, listen, you could say, Muse, hey, if we started to figure it out at the end of the season, one four of the last five, one of the best red zone teams in the NFL down the stretch. Well, then why did you fire your offensive coordinator if you were figuring it out? You could say that, but you if you said that, you'd be negative. 
That's what you are. You're you're a hater. You're anti-Saints if you said that. So I'm not going to say that. Okay. You might say that. I would probably say that, actually, yes. Yeah, you could. Because it's a valid question, but... No, it's not. It's negative, and it's a, you're a hater. Okay. What this shows is collaboration, Muse. They figured out something really good. Now they're going to get something better. And if you're building behind Derek Carr, you want his input on who the offensive coordinator is going to be. That's what this shows. It makes sense. I mean, you should want that. And you know the guy they hired? Yeah. Clint Kubiak. You know what I decided to do? I said, let's go look at his last three stops and the quarterbacks that he's been. So this is his fourth team in four years. Mm -hmm. Okay. He was with the Vikings in 21. Okay. The Broncos in 22. The Niners in 23. And now it'll be the Saints in 24. So, I said, let's go look at what he's done with the quarterbacks, how they, what they did year to year. Okay. Niners, who's the quarterback this year? Brock Purdy. Yep. He threw for 4,200 yards and 31 touchdowns. The year before that, just 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns. That's really good. It's a big, big improvement. But Now, he also only played nine uh, games. Yeah, I was going to say a year, but, but. But, but you're, if you're pointing that out, you're just pointing out the negative. Yep. That's a dramatic improvement year it's to kind year. Of, it's kind of important. Dramatic improvement. He didn't play the full season, but yeah, yeah. Now, in 2022, Russell Wilson. Oh, Super Bowl champion. In 2022, Russell Wilson threw for 3,500 yards and 16 touchdowns. His last year in Seattle, 3,100 yards and 25 touchdowns. So we're not going to talk about the touchdowns. And we're going to talk about that he threw for 400 more yards his first year in Denver than he did his last year in Seattle. Could be the difference between winning and losing. He improved. Yep. Now, he did play in one more game with Denver than he did the last year in Seattle. But it was an improvement, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's really not his fault. I mean, they they, they added a game to the season. He, he has no control over that. Well, no, he played in 15 games and uh, 14 the year before. Yeah. Well, Still missed time. Uh, I but tried. stop pointing out the negative I try, news. I tried See, to make this it positive. You're no. being so negative. Now, I mean, he, in 2021, he had Kirk Cousins. Hmm? And Kirk Cousins threw for 4,221 yards and 33 touchdowns. The year before that, 4,265 and 35 touchdowns. Very hmm. simple, but... In 2020, Kirk Cousins had 13 picks. In 2021 with Kubiak, just seven. There we go. It's proof every year that Clint Kubiak goes and works with a quarterback. They do better somewhere than they did the year before. Maybe it's because they had more games, or maybe there's a lot of circumstances that don't necessarily apply, but only negative people like you point that out, Muse. Not me. I'm pro-Saints. I am pro Clint Kubiak. I think it's a really good hire. And I'm turning over new leaf today, Muse. Everyone right. says that I'm just super negative. I just hate Derek Carr. Nay. No moss. They figured it out, Muse. Four of their last five, they won. Doesn't matter who it was against. Those were NFL teams, weren't they? That's hard to win in the NFL. It's hard to win in the NFL. I just dropped my pen. They're one of the best red zone teams down the stretch. They got a new offensive coordinator in there. Got that cancerous Michael Thomas out the building. Here we go. Black and gold Super Bowl. Uh-oh, all right. Saddle up.
Tim Brando's next. It's AFR. AFR. Get Gordon and get it done. Gordon McKernan, injury attorneys. You know what to do. Go to getgordon.com if you've been injured in an accident. It's not your fault. Go to getgordon.com. If you need representation, go to getgordon.com. Don't go it alone. Go to getgordon.com. For more than 30 years, Gordon has represented more than 10,000 Louisiana residents, collecting more than $2.6 billion in damages for their clients. It's Gordon McKernan Injury Attorneys. Go to getgordon.com. That's getgordon.com. And of course, Gordon not only has helped injured people in our state, but through the charitable arm of the of the firm, Gordon Gives, they've given back to the state for three decades as well. Go to gordongives.com if you want to learn more throughout the different holidays, different times of year, and of course, through all their NIL initiatives with the G-Team, Gordon continues to give back to the communities that he and his partner serve. Go to gordongives.com. Remember, if you've been injured in an accident, get Gordon and get it done. After further review with Matt Moscona. Well, we found out Nick Saban is going to be um, joining College Game Day this football season. The guy who uh, sat at that desk at its inauguration was uh, Tim Brando. Good enough to join us now. Timmy B., how are you, man? I'm great, Matt. It's good to be with you, pal. Hope there's everything is well down in red stick these days. It's great, man. Um you know, football season uh, coming to a close on Sunday, but uh, baseball getting ready to crank up. And people are excited, man, for sure. Hey, what did uh, what do you think about about Nick? Not only retiring, but uh, jumping aboard College Game Day. How do you think that's going to go? Him doing TV? Oh well, I think that uh, he's been preparing for that for the last eleven years. In my estimation, he he certainly was when we were working. Spencer and I were working on the College Football Today at CBS whenever LSU played in the SEC title game instead of Alabama. And the year that uh, Cam Newton played instead of Alabama, he was with us on that set. And uh, he's TV gold. I mean, he'll be fantastic. My only, my only uh, question, really, and I, I tweeted this out earlier today, even though that is a three-hour show now, uh, and I watch a good bit of it as well as Big Noon, and all those shows have evolved. They're different now. And certainly College Game Day became an iconic show, and I have great respect for the guys that are on that set and have uh, done such a marvelous job of hosting it. Chris took it to Chris Fowler took it to uh, an incredible level, and, and Reese Davis has been a terrific soldier to fit into his size twenty twos when when Chris left. But um, but they've got so many guys on that on that uh, panel. I mean, it's a it's more than just an ensemble show now. I mean, it's it's like a like an NFL show now mm. where you see. Um, you could make up a cabinet based on the number of people they put on that set. <laughs> they do. You know? I don't know if Joe Biden has that many guys to work with when he gets up <laughs> in Washington, uh, when he goes into meetings. And I think that could become problematic when you've got a guy as good as Nick Saban uh, that has such a wealth of knowledge. You want him to have time, have room. And uh, they have so many quick segments. A lot of it is commercial obligation. A lot of it is um, just a, a tightly formatted structure. Maybe it's because the producers feel that the attention span of 
the average uh, college football viewer is very short, so they don't want to take any time to do anything in depth, take any deep dives on on, on what's going to happen in a particular game, what matchups to work for uh, to look for in a, a given game on a Saturday. But that's where he could really shine. Mm. Uh, despite what people might think or feel about Urban Meyer, uh, there were a lot of questions about him because. You know, he had a, I think, probably a reputation for being uh, even more surly towards the local press than than Nick had, and uh, he's been fantastic on Big Noon. In a lot of ways, that shows emergence and becoming a quality competitor to Game Day was based on really Urban Meyer being the star of that show. Uh, they they really let him go until. Uh, a lot of stories get the guys out there on the on the uh, field and talk about what you need to watch out for with regard to RPOs, what 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 really necessitates uh, great coverage and the difference between a, a cloud defense in the secondary versus uh, too deep or uh, all the different uh, things that you hear analysts talking about. Fans don't always know what that means, and a guy like. Saban could explain it as well or better than Urban. Yeah. So I think that that's been uh, the, the thing that jumped out at me about about the, the, the Saban hiring. I'm not surprised at all that it happened. I'll be just very curious to see what direction uh, they, they take him in and how much of the show's substance is centered around him. Because in my estimation, it, it should be largely based on the substance that he brings to the table. Tim, why do you think coaches do so well when they transition to media like that? Well, a lot of them are used to it. You know, Nick was certainly called upon, not just by ESPN all the time, but by CBS too. As I mentioned, we had him on during those SEC championship games. I, and I wanted him to have more time, to be honest. I used to plead with our producer, hey, give us a couple of more minutes with Nick. Um, because he he understands the big picture. Um, plus, he's he's accustomed to speaking in snippets. You know, a lot of times on the set, you can bring a guy in that's a great storyteller and it doesn't work because it takes too long. You've got to be able to be succinct and concise, make your points, and do so with a limited amount of time. Coaches, by and large, are really good at organizing and structuring what they're going to say because they've been interviewed forever. Uh, you, you've seen that with guys that have been head coaches at LSU on those Tuesday get-togethers. Some are really good at it, and some really aren't. Mm. Uh, Brian Kelly would be, I think, fantastic at it because he understands uh, what television's needs are. And he also has an understanding of, of, of how to explain to, to the casual fan what a specific uh, piece of the glossary for a sport might be, for, for college football might be, and make it understandable to them. Not everyone's got that quality. Years ago, when I auditioned uh, Lee Corso, Lee was great at it. I did Lee Corso's first audition uh, for game day, mm. and he was tremendous at it. But Lee had been uh, media savvy from his time as a head coach, but also he had a great sense of humor. But we got to remember now, Lee wasn't just this funny guy that was the crown, clown prince of, of game day. He was our meat and potatoes uh, X's and O's guy. You know, our, our clown prince was Beano Cook. Mm. So we needed him to be substantive. The other guy that auditioned for that job was Pepper Rogers. Now, Pepper Rogers was an incredibly gifted uh, storyteller, but 
he had no understanding of time. You know, you got to have a little bit of a clock in your head <laughs> to be effective. <laughs> you know, uh, and honestly, uh, when uh, when Dale did a little television going to basketball, they brought Dale into the studio at CBS. I think one year for the NCAA's, and and he was really frustrated because you know, as you know, Dale is unbelievably gifted communicator. Yes, but but that clock in the head, it's not really there. You know, he he looks at it as a speaking engagement. You know, <laughs> so true. it was like, hey, hey, Dale, when the guy says uh, we need 10 seconds, that's what he means. He means we need 10 seconds. OK, <laughs> uh, nothing more, nothing less. So I, I think that uh, a lot of the coaches today that, have, that, that make that transition are already acutely aware of the time constraints that we have in studio TV. Uh, and that's why some guys are much better on games because they're just saying what they see. Mm. Um, uh, and they, they need to have more time between plays to execute what they are saying. But you put them in a studio and they're hamstrung because by and large, we're, we're dealing with a clock when we're in the studio and we got to move fast. I, I used to have people tell me, uh, Matt, gosh, Tim, you sound a little different in the studio than you do on games. And I said, what do you mean by that? They said, well, your voice is a little higher. And I'm like, well, I'm doing an Evelyn Wood speed reading highlight for Christ's sake. I got to get this thing done. When I'm calling a game, I can go off Facinda and take a deep breath and come in with those, you know, dulcet baritone tones of mine. You, you can't do that when you're in a studio. You're you're a traffic cop trying to get everybody else involved. Yeah. Do you think uh, Tim Brando is our guest? You know, Nick obviously stepping away was just ma- a massive story, maybe the biggest story in college football in a long, long time. But there's also this this sort of um, undercurrent, Tim, about coaches leaving their head coaching job. Jeff Halfley leaving Boston College. Now, we, I talked about it here, Tim. I mean, Halfley was making 400K at Boston College. Like, he's going to be the D.C. of the Packers where he might make double, triple that. There's some of that, like Kane Womack leaving South Alabama. He was making 800K. He's going to make $2 million as Alabama's defensive coordinator. Like, some of it makes sense, but do you do you sense any of any of that within the profession when you talk to coaches? That the money becomes well, the thing? Well, no, not the money, I guess, because part of the story about the, the head coaches leaving, I'm sorry, was um, it was this idea that coaches are fed up with NIL and transfer portals so they don't want to be a head coach uh, anymore. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm curious if it's that or if these were just isolated instances. No, I think those are isolated instances. I, I think that any uh, coach, I've not, I've, I've not met a coordinator except really old school guys like Norm Chow all right, back in the days that was at USC, and prior to that, he was at BYU. He was at NC State. You know, he had Rivers back in the day. Sure, Norm Chow uh, became a coach at the very end of his career, and he really didn't want to be anything but a coordinator. He just sort of fell on his lap uh, at the very end. Uh, I think Mickey Andrews, all he ever wanted to be, the old uh, defense coordinator for Bobby Bowden at Florida State, uh, and brother Oliver, coach Oliver at, uh, at Alabama. And then later at Auburn with, he was with Terry Bowden briefly. Those guys wanted to be coordinators only took great pride in that. But I think every coordinator today uh, down deep at their core, they want to be head coaches, you know, at some point, uh, uh the, the, the whole, um, narrative about NIL and portal being a problem is, is brought on in some respects because we've seen in basketball, coach Kaylee, Roy leave, even Jay Wright, who's just mm-hmm. barely past 60, leave. And now you see Nick Saban leave, and people want to go that route, and they want to 
say that it's more about the portal and NIL than it is anything else. I, I don't believe that. I, I think that Nick just didn't look forward to getting back into the, the, the scheme of things and organizing a roster you know, once again post this season. I think he felt like a lot of those guys that he had that were back were guys that he wanted to see it through to see them uh, win a championship uh, because it hadn't happened in recent years. And when this ended, I think that at this stage of his life, he was ready to do other things. I Look, Saban from this position on game day, uh, can be, I think, a real difference maker moving forward with the movers and shakers in college football and governance. I, I think that Tony Petiti and uh, the head of the Big Ten and, and Greg Sankey's announcement this past week about uh, working together and trying to set some parameters for the future of college football with the understanding that collective bargaining is now going to become a reality mm. and that the NCAA needs to be a thing of the past. I think a guy like Nick could be a very valuable go-to guy in terms of, okay, what are we looking at here? What are the things that we really need to address to make uh, life easier for these coaches uh, as we move forward? With the understanding that we're going to have NIL and we're going to have transfer portals, but we have to have some, some barriers. We have to have some standards that everyone has to deal with. Saban's the perfect go-to guy on that. And Nick and I talked about this, Matt, uh, seven years ago after he won the title in 2016. It's something that he was even thinking about then. And uh, and from his position on game day, holding an office in Tuscaloosa, if you notice, they were very specific. He's going to do the draft. He's going to do game day. And I didn't really see anything else. As Not he, like they're going to SEC media him days was the only thing the I said. SEC, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which, what is that? That's just a coronation of uh, yeah. Nick. Yeah, yeah, it's July. And now he doesn't have to worry about, um, you know, be dealing with um, uh, the, the, the the red carpet and the paparazzi. He can just hang out with Feinbaum and the guys, <laughs> you know, and, and, just have, and just have fans drooling over him, you know, for a few days. So there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody wants to get some love. But they were very specific, which tells me the rest of the calendar year, Saban's going to be free to do whatever he wants. And, and I genuinely believe he wants to help the college game become all that it should be because he and I've had that conversation. He knows the prism from which I come from when I'm critical of what's going on with college football. And uh, even when I took shots at him, sometimes he understood that and he trusted that my, my critique was coming from a good place. I think that Saban would like to do some of the same for, for those guys. And, and why shouldn't they go to him? Because, um, he could be the Pied Piper for and bring credibility to some of those statements that people have made that didn't bring necessarily the same cachet that a guy like I might or uh, anybody else that's been a talking head for years might. Transformative times for sure, man. Uh, Tim Brando, yeah, of course. Indeed. Man, it's uh, it's always great. We get a few minutes. Um, you know, the off season comes, and it's like you you got to make sure you make a point to to check in on. Uh, on people. So man, I'm, I'm so glad we had this time to visit. Hopefully we do it again soon. All right. You got it. And by the way, that basketball team's not playing badly down there. They've had their moments. You know, man, I'm, 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 I've seen some moments from that team. I think they're going to get it done. Eventually. I do. Timmy B the, Matt Mc, people forget, man, we've talked about it plenty here. They forget the mess that Matt McMahon inherited. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. you've got to be, you, you almost punt last year 
treat this year as year one and give him time right. to recruit and build, man. He'll he'll get there. He's a he's a good coach and a smart guy, and he's he's gonna figure it out. I agree with you. I don't doubt it for a second. I, I really don't. And uh, best wishes to him and and uh, and to you know, that, that that women's basketball team is setting the world on fire every time they play. Yeah. Uh, and I look forward to March watching it all. I, check me out. I've got the Big East, Creighton and Xavier this week. Next week nice. I've got Marquette and Marquette and UConn. I think UConn and Purdue have separated themselves as the one and two teams. I'm not saying they both make the Final Four, Matt, but I think it'll be very difficult for both of those teams to be anything but one seeds come Selection Sunday. It has been interesting, Tim. Like, there's nobody this year has been immune to disruption at the top. So I, right. I agree with you about Purdue and UConn, but but boy, it does feel. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Tim, I guess I could say it feels wide open, but then look at the Final Four we had last year. So I mean, it, it, <laughs> I mean, it really does. I mean, it really does kind of feel like that, doesn't it? Where it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year we're looking at something similar to what we had last year. No, I don't disagree, and I think the first two weeks again are going to be just incredible. It all depends on when we get the exhaustive uh, upsets. Yeah. Well, last year they came early, uh, which sometimes leaves it for the the blue bloods to still make it, you know, from their respective regions into the final four. So, but uh, on other occasions it could be. You know, in the Sweet 16 round, like this Creighton team that I'm going to see tomorrow was one second away, one second away from beating San Diego State yeah. and going to the Final Four. They've lost their last two games by one point, but they're still ranked 19th in the country. If they get the right regional setup and the right matchups, they could make it to the Final Four this year with all the talent they've got offensively. So, yeah, a lot of teams that you're not thinking of that that have never been to the Final Four could still get there, even though I do think uh, Zach Eady's got some help this year that he hasn't had in the past, and UConn looks like an absolute juggernaut that can beat you every way imaginable. Yeah. We are less than three weeks till March. We appreciate it as always, Timmy B. We'll check in soon. You got it, Matt. Anytime. Thanks, man. We'll see you. That is uh, the one and only Tim Brando. This is after further review. Well, now I got a quick break. Otter locks in about 15 minutes. Stick around. AFR. Brought to you by River Cities. One hour air where they're always on time or you don't pay a dime. Look for the big yellow vans and trucks with the giant clock on the side. Something that's background most of the time. It'll just race to the foreground when you see it. You'll start to notice them all over town. I-10, airline highway, in your neighborhood. You'll see them in your neighbor's driveway. It's River Cities one hour air. Got an issue with your AC or your heater? Trust the best. They have more than double the amount of five-star Google reviews of the next closest competitor. They do amazing work. They do it right the first time. And remember, they'll save you money as well. Mention the Moscona special. They'll knock 25 bucks off any system repair. So call River City's one-hour air. I could not recommend highly enough. You join their membership club. You get front-of-the-line service, membership club pricing, and complimentary seasonal maintenance, which pays for itself. It's River City's one-hour air. 752-0001, where they're always on time or you don't pay a dime. After further review with Matt Moscona. Man, tomorrow's going to be a really good show. Terrio uh, will be here because we missed Ryan last week. We'll take care of uh, infield, outfield tomorrow as we continue our positional preview for LSU. Uh, if you missed it earlier today, the um, SEC coaches 
uh, put out their preseason all-conference team for baseball and the projected order of finish. Two LSU Tigers on the preseason all-conference team. Tommy White, first team. Hayden Travinsky, second team. Admittedly, a little surprised there weren't any pitchers honored, but it's always goes if you're going to take if you're going to put someone on, you got to take someone off. So I, I don't know to what degree it goes. And you'd much rather have players honored at the end of the season than the beginning of the season. Um, I'm I'll be curious also to see how this all goes um, with LSU in their everyday lineup. You know, Jay has told us that they're they're going to play Bear Jones at first base. You know, Tommy White will be at third. Paxton Kling will be in center. I mean, Jay said that. It's like, want to just write those guys in the lineup every day and go, and you figure it out around them. Um, as best I can tell, of course, they're going to platoon at catcher with Neil Malazzo and Travinsky. I think Travinsky's going to DH a good bit, obviously. Uh, we know Pearson's going to play second base, and it's just an opportunity to get another bat in the lineup. And, you know, that bat is freshman Jake Brown. So if you're going to put Brown in right field, Mac Bingham, the Arizona transfer in left field, Kling in center, and that just leaves shortstop where it's likely Braswell to start, and we'll see if maybe a guy like Steven Milam can't win some reps or win a job. But a lot of that will develop and evolve as the season goes along. But, you know, best guess is they started. You know, you probably do what you did at catcher. And maybe the opening day they start Travinsky, you know, number eight, the senior, all that stuff. Or maybe you DH him and you start Neal or, or start Malazzo. Um, I think ultimately it might be what they did where they started Neal and then Malazzo was a late-inning defensive replacement. You could DH uh, Travinsky. But um, you know, Jones at first, Pearson at second, White at third, Braswell at short, you know, Bingham and left, Kling and center, Brown and right is uh, probably a pretty good guess how they might line it up for the opener. Still you know, eight days to go before we get there. We'll talk about it tomorrow with Terrio when he's here. All right, it's after further review. Uh, brought to you by DraftKings, official sports betting partner, Super Bowl 58. Otter's coming up here shortly. Good week for Otter. Didn't we go? Uh, we were so we were we were three and zero on Monday. Correct. We were one one and one Tuesday. Correct. And yesterday we were three, three one and one. Three one and one. So seven, seven two and one. Se- seven two and two. Seven two and two. Thank you. So seven two and two for Jimmy this week on his college basketball. Play. Well, I guess that included two NBA plays from yesterday as well. Uh, but a good week for the Otter. So we got Otter Locks coming up. If you want to play along, you bet at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code Baton Rouge. New customers make a $5 bet on Super Bowl 58. They'll give you 200 in bonus bets instantly at the DraftKings Sportsbook. And everyone can take advantage of same-game parlays for Super Bowl 58. A no-sweat same-game parlay for Super Bowl 58. Do it now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code Baton Rouge. One word, Baton Rouge. $5 bet on Super Bowl 58. Any bet at all on Super Bowl 58. They'll give you 200 bonus bets instantly. That's at the DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. 21 plus. Physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 1-800-426-2537. Speaking of the Super Bowl, um, ticket prices have come down, but they're still super high. Uh, the get-in price right now, the get-in price, like cheapest ticket available in the secondary, the get-in price is $81.95, $8,195. That's the get-in price. That's the cheap seats. The top price seats. Now, this isn't like, you've seen some of those like clubs and suites. I mean, like buy a ticket, sit in a seat, not like the end zone club and the premium, the suites. I'm talking about seats. Um, the highest price seat right now is $37,620. Uh, for comparison, a year ago, um, where was the Super Bowl a year ago? Was last year, was that your Atlanta? Oh, in I'm, I'm, I'm going to look it Atlanta? up. I'm going to look it up because I don't remember. I think last year was the new stadium in Atlanta. Um, or I, 
Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I, th I think is where it was last year. State Farm Stadium. Oh, it's Arizona. Arizona. Okay, yep. Arizona was last year. Arizona. Um, so last year, the lowest price seat was fifty nine hundred. The top price was thirty three thousand. So about four thousand off the lowest and highest price from from this year. So maybe that's Vegas inflation or whatever it is. But either way, um, it'd be really expensive to get in. So just watch it. Better yet, come hang out with me and T Bob and Musso over at Don Juan on Saturday. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll have a companion show going on. You need a place to watch Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, Muso, uh, T-Bob, and I will be at Don Juan Cigar Bar in Town Center. Hope to see a lot of y'all. If you can't be there, we'll have a companion show rolling, so punch us up on the 104.5 ESPN YouTube or Facebook, and you can watch along with us. Um, we'll uh, we'll get into our final Super Bowl previews and predictions uh, tomorrow, so we'll look forward to that. Before we, we get to Otter real quick, thanks to Tim Brando was here. Uh, David DeLucci was here talking some baseball last hour. Sam Spiegelman, national recruiting analyst for, um, for On3, was here in hour one. You can catch anything on demand. Uh, but we had Tim Brando with us, and he was talking a little bit about the the SEC Big Ten. He hinted at that SEC Big Ten uh, uh, allegiance with Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti. Well, Sankey went on, on with Feinbaum, and um, he talked about uh, why he feels... He talked about a lot, why this partnership, all this stuff, but why he feels it's necessary. Uh, no, forgive me, keep playing number five. It's It's... This is what he's hoping they can accomplish with this SEC and Big Ten partnership. Bringing it back to the responsibility that these two highly prominent conferences share to try to help introduce some new perspective, perhaps, some new ideas, some new thinking, or maybe even more important, help cut through the bureaucratic tape that we face so often as we try to affect change in college athletics. I think all of those are part of that That phrasing your question that this is bigger than than just us can i translate that because i know a lot of people don't know what he just said can i translate that for you please we make all the money and we're tired of people who don't contribute to making the money dictating the way college sports goes that's what greg sankey's saying we have the brands we have the money we're going to make a decision and we're not going to be beholden to the mac and the whack and the pack two and the American, and the Sun Belt, and the South, or anybody else. We're not going to be, hold, be beholden to them anymore at all. Like, we have the brands, we have the money, we're going to make the, we're going we're to cut through the red tape and make the decisions. So, please, college football needs a leader to get through this time, and maybe it's, it's these two guys. All right, last break of the show, Otter Locks is next. Stick around. AFR. Brought to you by Pluckers, Nicholson, Blue Bonnet, Dine and Carry Out, or Delivery with uh, 28 flavors of award winning jumbo chicken wings, ice cold draft beer, full service bar, sports on TV tonight and every Thursday. All you can eat boneless buffalo bites. What more could you possibly want? Go to Pluckers, pay one low price, eat as many boneless buffalo bites as you want all night long, and they're open till midnight or later every night of the week. So get them by Pluckers. You got the LSU women tonight taking on Vanderbilt. Need a place to watch? Get by Pluckers. All you can eat boneless buffalo bites tonight and every Thursday at Pluckers. Super Bowl Sunday coming up. Need a place to watch the Super Bowl? Pluckers, always a great spot. Or if you're going to be having your game watch party, might I recommend ordering your wings from Pluckers? They do take pre orders, so call ahead, let them know what you want and what time you want to pick it up. They'll have it ready for you on Super Bowl Sunday. That's at Pluckers. Nicholson, Blue Bonnet, dining, carry out, or delivery. Pluckers, you don't like our wings. We'll give you the bird.
after further review with Matt Moscona. Down the stretch, we come final segment here on a Thursday edition of AFR. One thing left to do. Let's find out what we're betting on tonight. Time for Otter Locks. Otter Locks, presented by Lofton Staffing Services. At Lofton, we put people to work. Call us today at 924-0200 or go to lofton.jobs. So we turn to the one and only, the incomparable and often incomprehensible, the Father himself, Jimmy Ott. Otter, how are you? What's up, Matt? Good night last night. 3-1-1. One, one. Your uh, NBA angle was 2-0, and oh, so that was fantastic. I can't believe you held out on me all those years. <laughs> I mean, it they don't pop up often, man, but I did uh, know that they were going down last night. How about that? I mean, a couple of sleepers with the towels in the, in the Pistons. Huh? I mean, a couple, of double, a couple of underdogs on the road that won by double digits, including the worst team in the NBA. Yes, thank you very much. I'll take that anytime you got it. Did we lose Otter? Yeah. I think. Oh, there you are. I'm, there, I'm here. There I'm you here. are. Okay. All right. What are we looking at tonight? Uh, slight schedule tonight. Let's start off. Um, Temple played Tulane on Sunday. And, um, man, they were catching 10 points, and they lost in overtime by 12. I mean, it, that was, it was a rough beat. Um, they, they've got Memphis at home. Memphis has really been struggling. They were fortunate enough to win, but they were a big, big favorite. Did not cover against Wichita State on Saturday. I like the way this Temple team is fighting right now. Matt, you're getting a wide, wide variety of lines on this one. I think at DraftKings, you get like a plus money at plus nine, like plus like 24 plus, or something. It, plus nine at plus 114. Plus 114. Still. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I like um, you, there's there's ten and a half and elevens out there also, but I would still even take them at plus nine and plus money. Okay. And then uh, later tonight uh, on the uh, Pac-12 is pretty much it in the uh, smaller West Coast conferences. Two in the Pac-12, couple of home dogs. First of all, Utah at home in Salt Lake City, tough place to play. Arizona's got all the talent in the world, but they're just not consistent. They've lost three games in this league. They could, uh, and they've lost at some much, uh, much easier places to play than Salt Lake City. Taking Utah plus five and a half and buying it to six. Okay, Utah plus six. That's coming back minus one twenty. And what's the other one? Oh, okay. And in Oregon State at home against Washington State. Washington State. Uh, they did win in overtime against their rival. We know what's happening to Washington State and Oregon State. They're booting them out the league. They're moving on to bigger and better things. But uh, they, that's a lot of points for Washington State at Corvallis, who has been playing better ball on a Saturday night when they got trounced by USC. So we're thinking Oregon State plus a big number at home as well. So it's eight and a half. Are we buying this to nine? No. One and a half to six and a half. We'll stay, we'll stay with our... Uh, Stay with our system there. It's been right. good for us. Plus eight and a half. Okay, so Temple plus nine, Utah plus six, Oregon State plus eight and a half. So three dogs tonight on the docket. Uh, anything in the association? No, no, no. That's not, not the tonight. All right, Otter. Tomorrow at Rafino's? Rafino's, baby. Friday before our, our uh, Christmas. Before the Super Bowl, man. Prop Central tomorrow, man. Yeah. Be fun. Make sure you're locked in tomorrow with Jimmy and Charlie for Live at Lunch. Uh, all the Super Bowl props, the bets, everything you need if you're going to be playing on Super Bowl Sunday for Live at Lunch. All right, Otter, have a great show. Thanks, man. All right, man. Take care. Good uh, luck. Be well. It's uh, AFR brought to you by First South Farm Credit. You want to buy land, your first call should be to First South 
Farm Credit. Go to FirstSouthLand.com. FirstSouthLand.com. I love telling you about when uh, Ben McDonald bought his hunting property. He financed through First South Farm Credit. FirstSouthLand.com. Your first call, your first option since 1916. They're local, 44 branches across three states, and they can help you finance land in the entire contiguous 48. It's First South Farm Credit. So even if it's outside of Louisiana, hunting property in Mississippi, big big piece of property in Montana where you want to build a ranch, First South Farm Credit can help you do it. FirstSouthLand.com. That's First South land.com all right been a really good show we appreciate y'all for being here with us if you missed anything sam spiegelman hour one david delucci last hour tim brando just a bit ago earlier this hour tomorrow terrio's here we'll talk plenty of lsu baseball and um uh, also, of course, we'll give you our Super Bowl picks. Love telling you about Relief Windows and ReliefWindows.com. Got to do that as we get on down the road. Relief Windows and ReliefWindows.com. Energy-efficient replacement windows. Beautiful entry doors, hardy plank, and vinyl siding. They do it all at Relief Windows, and they do it better than anyone else. And oh, yeah, they do indoor shutters as well. I'll never talk price when it comes to Relief Windows. I've never talked price. Because they'll never be the cheapest. If you're just shopping price, remember, you get what you pay for and at Relief Windows, you get quality, you get service, you get expert craftsmanship. It's Relief Windows. Experience, quality, service. Relief Windows and ReliefWindows.com. All right, it's going to do it for us. Muse Polly, I appreciate it one more time. Otter, Temple plus nine, Utah plus six, Oregon State plus eight and a half. That's your three-pack on Otter Locks. Y'all have an awesome night. We'll see you tomorrow at three. AFR. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.